Good morning. This is Dan Margulies filling in for Rabbi Linzer while he is unavailable. And today is the 24th of June, is the 18th of Sivan. And we are starting on Kaf Gimel Amud Bet uh, with uh, the first Tashma, uh, about 10 lines down or so. The Gemara says, Tashma, Shisa Boet HaKelev, Shisa Boet HaNachash Pater. So if a person entices uh, enti- he six, six their dog on you or six their snake on you that is they encourage someone else's animal to attack a third party so putter such a person is totally putter why? because we would think either the owner is responsible and that would make sense if the owner were the one responsible for not taking care of the animal and then we would also think that the insider should be liable because it's their responsibility for having uh, enticed the animal to attack but because they're two different people that liability is kind of split between them so we're going to see so this is in the no one's responsible so that the Gemara has to discuss it the Gemara has a question so man putter who's going to be putter now the question is uh, we had already been in the middle of discussing the question of the fact that uh, this is trying to refute the notion that the mouth of an animal is considered Rishut uh, Hamazik because the if the cow when it's eating your food or if the dog when it's biting someone if the mouth is considered the domain of oh I sent someone else down with the keys to uh, oh I'm sorry no <laughs> okay um, um, so then um, so that the, if the mouth of the animal is considered to be the property of the mazik, the person causing the damage, because it's their animal, but then the problem will be that you would say, okay, so then how can you ever be high for Shane? Because Shane, you're putter in your own property. That was the whole question. So the Gemara says, So man putter, who is the one who is putter? The one who, who enticed the animal to attack. And the owner of the animal should be Chayev, because it was that their animal who attacked. So obviously they should be Chayev. So that's the Gemara's sense. Okay, the EMR, if you say that because then... Even if you did a good Shmira. Well, look, you, you had your dog in your yard, it was all tied up, whatever, and then someone comes over and, and gets the dog to bite someone, and they say, here, put your hand in his mouth, he's really nice, and then they hit the dog or something. So that would be, in such a case, so here it sounds like you didn't account for all the possibilities. The Baha'i Kelev is Chayev. Now, I don't know all the details exactly in terms okay, of the Shemira, that, 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 but that's, that's how it seems. Look, in the end, it's your animal. Your animal caused damage. So that's the responsibility. Okay. No, it says, in this case, if the animal is a Kelev, a Kelev is Muad, no? So Kelev should be Nazak Shalim. Okay. If we say that the mouth of the animal is like the property of the mazik so uh, why did you put your hand in my dog's mouth meaning you have no right to be in my property if you go into my property and you get damaged were you able to get Rav Steven his key and then, okay great thank you um, so why did you put your hand into my dog's mouth if you put your hand into your dog's mouth and that's why you got Damage, so it shouldn't be my responsibility that my dog bit you. That was what Michael was saying. Okay, so Ema Pator Asmashtem. Maybe we should say obviously the owner is Pator, and even the one who enticed the animal to bite as well it should, be like that, it should be Pator. Should be then, not Pator. But it says Ah Pator, meaning even the one who is not obvious. Is bad, no, it doesn't mean that the gear says bad. What it means is that you have to read it as Ah. That is obviously the owner of the animal is Pator because why would you put your hand in somebody else's dog's mouth and 
even the one who enticed the animal to attack is patur, because that's the less obvious case. What about and that's all within the shita of if we say the mouth of the animal is kechater hamazik. Isn't there parallel to the sending your arrow out in terms of the, the lighting the fire and the torch? Well, sending the animal to attack. Except that an animal is obviously different than Aish, right? We say the whole point of Aish is that is that it's not a conscious being in any sense, right? right so, but I mean, here he seems. I, I mean, he, it's difficult he, to make that comparison. In the sense of he's maybe he's directing that force. Yeah, maybe. But we have to. We have a lot to cover today. That's the the goal. So we'll see. Okay. The ibai seima the afke lenive visarte. So maybe what did you do? You took the animal, right? And you, um, what? Well, sorry, one sec. Yeah, the teeth, right. Oh, just the big, because the animal, meaning to say that the dog should be chayv, that the dog itself is the only one who's chayv, because in the end, the dog is the one who got, got upset. What is right? What is uh, that, uh, uh, to, to, I think that it's that the dog attacked. That is, the dog bared his teeth, and that was the reason that, in such a case, the person who incited the animal, um, that meaning this is a way to say even that, even if you say, kechater hamazik, the owner is still that the owner is patur. Why? Because the sorry, not the other way. Um, that the owner should be chayev because in that because this is baisema. So baisema is to say alternatively, totally alternatively. That the dog opened its mouth to bite rather than the person putting their hand into the dog's mouth. And in that sense, with an open mouth, the dog's mouth is no longer like chater hamazik, and therefore the owner would be chayev because the dog attacked as if in a position of outside of his property. Um, so, again, I'm not exactly sure where you draw the line between an open mouth and a closed mouth dog bite, but that seems to be uh, what that Ibai Seyma suggests. Ibai Seyma, the Afkele Nivei, he, as if opened his mouth, opened his teeth, Vesarte, and attacked, and look at what Rashi says, that Hosi Shina Vesarto, Dilohichnis Yado Latoch Teeth. That is, the dog jumped out and attacked, rather than that the person put their hand into the dog's right, mouth. Right, then, then that means someone should be chayev, though. Right, that means that the Baal HaKelev ha should be chayev because the dog attacked outside of his chatzir. If the whole tour, if the whole exemption was that the mouth of the dog is considered to be the property of the mazik, so then if the dog attacks with an open mouth, that is, as if the teeth are no longer in the mouth, um, then at that point the, the Baal HaKelev would be chayev. But usually in everybody's name, isn't it like a different way of explaining the same ruling? Exactly, that is, even Lamanda Amar, the mouth of the dog is Kechatzer Hamazik. Nonetheless, one person is Patur, that is the Shisa is Patur, and the Ba will be Chayev in that case. So it's actually a machlokis between the first way of reading the, the Brisa and the Ibaisim. Okay, Tashma. What if you uh, get someone, uh, get a snake to bite someone else? You attack someone with a snake. Okay, Rabbi Huda Mechayev, Chachamim Potrim. Rabbi Huda says you're Chayev, uh, and Chachamim say you're Patur. Why? V'amar Rabbi Achabar Yaakov, Mishitim Tzilomar, Diver Rabbi Huda, Aras Nachash, Bein Shinavu, Omeid. So maybe the reason for Rabbi Huda's opinion is that he says that the venom of a snake is in its teeth, that is, Eris Nachash Bein Shinavu Omeid, it's standing in the fangs. Okay, therefore, Lefichach, Machish Vesayef, and the person, the owner of the snake, should be executed with a, with the sword, beheading, because it's hereg. You committed murder. Because what did you do? You took a snake, which is a, a dangerous weapon, as if it has the venom already in its teeth, and and 
bit into someone with the snake and it's just a, it's as if you injected someone with a poison that is a snake already has the venom in its fangs and the, that is the person who did the attack uh, who took the snake is Chayev because he murdered someone with a dangerous weapon and the owner of the snake is Patur because in the end it was an inevitable consequence it wasn't anything he could do to prevent the snake from biting it was just part of how the venom is it's, it's removed from the ownership of the animal according to Chachamim the venom of the snake is expelled by the snake's own will uh, the snake spits out its own venom according to its making that decision and therefore the person who attacked with the snake didn't know whether the snake was actually going to spit out venom or not so a snake is never going to be vadai a, a lethal weapon and therefore the only punishment in this case is that the animal because it's an animal who caused someone to die the animal will die by skila but the person who took the snake and bit someone else with, with uh, there's no verb in English for this to have the snake to bite someone um, that person would be putter okay so umachish putter so okay if you say that the mouth of the cow is like the property of the mazik uh, um, so why would you put your hand into my snake's mouth? That is the same thing. That is, again, even if you want to say this whole discussion, to say that the owner of the snake is Chayev, according to Rabbi Huda, who thinks that the venom is lodged in the snake's fangs, that nonetheless would not make sense according to the Shita Piparka Chater Hamazik Dami. So the Inyan Ketela Lo Amrina. We wouldn't know. So maybe the answer is that according to Yehuda, we don't say that in a case of a capital crime. We only say that in by civil damages. So Matem Reditanya Hanichnas Lachater Balabais Shalobir Shus Venagcho Shoro Shal Balabais. So what about the case in the Brisa? A person goes into someone's Chater without permission, and in that Chater he gets gored by the ox and he dies. So, Shor uh, Shabalabais, then the ox is owned by the property owner, Umeis, Hashor Biskila Ubailim Turim. And we know that the ruling in that case is, is exactly identical according as, as Chachamim's Shita. That is, the animal gets executed by Skila because it caused someone to die, Ubailim Turim, because what, what were you doing in my property that you got injured? So, so what do we say? Ubailim Turim, Minha Kofer. They're only putter from paying Kofer. That is, the special um, cost that you have to pay if your animal, that is, an animal that was a, a tom, uh, killed someone. Um, so that, that's the, so you say, so the owner is putter from paying kofer, not from any uh, crime at all. So my time, the Amr Leib, you're shooting my Ba'iti. What were we doing in my property? So, Shoro Nami. So shouldn't we say that the animal also should be as if the animal itself is putter for damaging in that case? Because why should, why should the shore be executed just because someone was doing in somebody else's property? So, So he can also say, what were you doing in my, in my chater? So, and we don't say, we don't say that what, we, in other words, for a capital crime, that is the fact that the ox has to be killed, we don't care whether it was that you were in their property by permission or not. Okay. Hanhu Ize Debe Tarbu. Yeah, sure. This is really bothering me, so like about this Nahash. Yeah. So do we really practically say, according to Chachamim, that like, so everyone gets off, the animal maybe gets, whatever, maybe you can't kill the animal, but like everyone gets off? 
nothing I can do it the whole day long you take a snake uh, you take a venomous snake and, and throw it at someone so that it bites onto their neck um, and then it's and it's the snake's choice whether to inject the venom or not to a certain extent yes meaning meaning no, you can't anymore, say that I, I can forget the word I can put it directly on you right like this to you it right. kills you I'm, I'm, but the snake the snake in the end According to the way Chachamim understand it, I'm not an expert in, in snake biology enough to know which kinds of snakes operate in which way, but as far as I understand it, most venomous snakes do not automatically release their venom. That is, they choose when to release the venom. Chachamim had the right understanding of the Metzias. And so, if I make a snake bite you, it's never bivadai 100% that that will be a lethal damage. So you can't make me, you can't call me a murderer for hitting you with the snake that maybe is going to kill you and maybe it's not. How can you execute me for that? I'm not talking about execution. Well, that's exactly the question. No, 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 but my question is like, so practically, I'm just, I just walk, I do that. I walk off no, the I'm sure there are all other sorts of nizikin involved, but whether this is a capital crime, whether this is murder, the answer is not murder. So, okay, but then you think I still have to pay for Nezek? Pay for Nezek, sorry. I would assume with a strong assumption that you would have to pay all sorts of music and if you have a snake bite even if it's not a lethal bite obviously you're high to pay what if it is lethal but wouldn't wouldn't that like, would you still be responsible for Nezek? Sorry, we push out the Well, Kim, like, you have to get into all other kinds of capital... But it's not a murder case, because it's like I hit someone with a small... when you kill somebody, if you're not liable for his No, because we have Kim, like, So if it's a capital crime... Okay, so this is going to be a whole much... You want to write a Shila to a real postic who can answer this question? Fine. If you attack someone with a venomous snake, what kinds of Nezek can you have to pay? It's a good question. But at least from this sugya... Is it murder or not? The answer is not murder because the snake gets, according to Chachamim, because the snake gets to choose whether to release the venom or not. Okay. Because again, the snakes have to regrow their venom over time so that if they use it all up every time that they bite, then they're going to run out of venom. Okay. So, Hanhu Izi de Beitarbu. There were these goats from Beitarbu. Dehavu Mifsidele Le Rav Yosef. They were causing damage to Rav Yosef's property. So go tell them that they have to lock him up. So they'll say, you know, like, you know, the, the goats are going to go and do what they're going to do. Why do you have to, you know, why do you have to tell me to lock up? They're going to tell me that, that, you know, that the goats went and did it, whatever they wanted to do. So Emri Lee, league door. So maybe you have to put up a fence. So Mar Gidirabar So so if you're gonna tell me that you're Chayab to put up a fence, so Shane the Khaibrahmanikla. So how could we ever have a case of Shane? Because if the animal is always locked up, then there's no way that the animal can escape to go into its someone else's property to cause damage of Shane. Because Okay, so Kishitakra it must be in a case where it escaped uh when it escaped from the fence. So Inami did not feel good about Lila. Or if the fence fell down at night. That is, somebody else knocked over the fence and then the animal was able to escape. But if you had a good fence up, then how could you ever have a case of shame? Because if the animal escaped, then it's onus. I took all responsibility to make sure the animal was well contained. And then the fact that the animal broke out and, and did something, so maybe you'll tell me I'm even chive in a case where the animal broke out. Or maybe no, maybe it's only if someone damaged the fence. Okay. So Mark, uh, Machri is... This is a very interesting point. So who is, whose responsibility is it for the fence? In other, you know. Well, that's exactly Rav Yosef's point. Rav Yosef is very upset at these goat herds because they own these goats and the goats are causing damage in his property. So he says, so they should go build a fence. No, and in the end, they're going to be able to say, look, exactly. What do we say? Do you know? 
I mean, as far as I understand, this is part of the reason Chazal had such a, uh, you know, throughout, and you will see in Baba Basra as well, uh, Chazal very upset about people who grow behemadaka in Eretz Yisrael, because behemadaka, goats and sheep, they graze, they're going to wander onto other people's property, they're going to eat other people's vegetables, they're going to eat other people's uh, fields, and it's gezel. You know, if you are a shepherd, basically you're relying on gezel to grow your animals. So, obviously, you need to have a grazing policy and laws and all sorts of things, but fundamentally, at the core, is a very different kind of uh, land use policy. Uh, so, regarding that, it sounds like there's no responsibility for the sheep owner to have to put up a fence. They have a good claim, like, look, this is, uh, I have sheep, you know, I have my sheep, and they wander around. But then, there's sort of some kind of schmutziness going on there, at least. Um, what can I say? Okay. So, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef made a declaration, Ve'itema Rabba, maybe it was Rabba, okay, so people who are going up to Eretz Yisrael, or people who are coming down to Babel, that is, he made the declaration for everybody, that is, for both types, both communities, okay, the goats that are taken to the marketplace, Demifsidei, so matrinan bimaraihu that are taken out to the marketplace that are causing damage. I'm warning the owners. Trey v'tzlat zimne, and I've as if already warned the owners twice and three times. That is to create. We're going to see a case to, as if the animal is muad to cause this damage. Um, so itai tzai. Doesn't say much. Really, we will warn them, right? Right, but meaning he's saying it as his declaration. This is like his psak. Um, okay. So he says so itai tzai v'ilah minalei tiv. That is, like, you have to go shech the animals, so you've got to take care of it now. That is, he's even willing to force the owners to shech the animals now and try to sell them now, two days before market day, when they'll get a lower price because there's no one there to buy it. So that's going to end up creating a situation where because they didn't control the animals, that they've lost out on their, on their profits. Uh, so this is Rav Yosef taking a very strong legislative stance on this issue. It caused him personal loss, so he, he ended up uh, dealing with it. Okay, the next Mishnah. Very good question. What's the difference, or how does an animal become Tom, and how does an animal become Muad? Does any animal? Yeah, any animal. Presumably we're talking right now about a shore. So, kol, shehi'idu boshlo she'yamim, any animal that was testified against three days in a row. Why do you get in a row? Or three days. No, not necessarily in a row. Three days. Okay. Um, so, that means that three days, eat three independent days, it gored uh, another ox. The tam, mishyach zorbo she'yamim. Years apart. That's a question as well. We're going to see that a lot of the discussion is going to focus on Rabbi Meir's shita, which is that it has to be, it could even be three times in one day. Uh, but so this is Rabbi Huda's shita. Rabbi Huda says, Shloshayamim, three days. So maybe that's what I was thinking, at least in close proximity. Uh, but it's a good question. Okay. And to become a Tam again, that is a Muad animal can become Tam again if there were three days when it didn't gore. Now what does it mean to not gore? Not goring is obviously different than goring. Uh, so obviously it must be a kind of not goring where there was something that was instigating the animal and nonetheless it had some kind of self-control or demonstrated that it wasn't in a goring mood anymore. Uh, it can't just be totally passive. So It becomes muad if it was testified against three times, not three days. And to become Tom is if kids are playing around the ox and it does not gore 
another ox. Now again, we're not talking about an ox that gores human beings. The point is just that the children running around playing is going to stress out the animal to the point where it could attack. And nonetheless, it did not gore, so that's proof that it has calmed down from its goring mood. But don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Well, that's all, all, always the suggestion. Okay. So the Gemara says, my time in Rabbi Huda. What is Rabbi Huda's reasoning? Okay. Why does Rabbi Huda think only three days? Because the Pasuk talking about the shore, that is, you can parse the word mitmol shilshom, two or in three days, or uh, tomorrow and the next day, really. Uh, tmol means already one day. And then mitmol, the fact that it's not just tmol, but it's mitmol, is a second day. Shilshom is a third day. It's interesting just to note, shilshom, I even got caught up on it. Shilshom means the third day from today, which really means just two days, right? It's the day after tomorrow. The uh, day before yesterday is shilshom. Um, so that's a little bit throws you off sometimes. Okay, so it's not. So that's three days. And the owner did not watch it. And therefore, that comes to teach that the fourth time it gores is Mu'ad. That is, the first three times needed to be announced to the owner. And the fourth time is already Mu'ad. So, Rabbi Amar, Timol, Mitmol, Chad. So he only learns Timol, Mitmol is one. Shilshom, Trey. The Loish Mirenu. And if you didn't guard it, Ha'idna, Chayev. Now you become Chayev. That is the machlokus between Abai and Rava, whether you become Chayev as a Mu'ad on the third time or after the third time. It seems like. Um, so that's interesting point to note. That is, when we talk about all these kinds of chazakas and things that kick in after three times, is it third time inclusive, or does it really mean it kicks in on the fourth time after you've done it three times? Okay. So the Rabbi Mayer, my time. So what's the reason for Rabbi Mayer? Um, so the point, just for Rabbi, Huda, Rabbi Huda's point, is that it has to be three independent days. That's the point. That is, Rabbi Huda learn from the Pasuk, okay, one day, two days, three days. It's not about the number of times that the ox has attacked. It has to be the number of days. Now, you can think about it in the sense that it's isolated incidents. That is, each individual day, the ox has a certain mood, is in a certain environment, and that's the reason why it could be overreacting. So even if the ox gored 15 times in one day, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that wouldn't be enough to make it mu'ad because that was just one isolated... It was a bad day. Was a bad day. <laughs> uh, so Rabbi has to explain why he would say chayv. So Rabbi Meir, my time with the Tanya, I'm in Rabbi Meir, if he separated the gorings is chayev that is Rabbi Meir admits agrees to Rabbi Huda if it was on multiple days uh, then obviously it's chayev so kiriv nigichotav if they got even closer together that is if they were tightly spaced lo kol shekane isn't that a kalvachomer because if they happened closer together obviously it's much more of a mu'ad animal it's like what Michael was saying if it was three times spread out over a month or over a year and you're going to tell me chayev obviously if it gored all at once he should be chayev so amrule zava tochiach zava is going to be a proof against you. Because a zava, that is a woman with an irregular menstruation, if she sees the blood on one day, that is three times on one day, that would not make her a zava. Zava has to be three days in a row. So if it was on three separate days, then she would be a Zavagadol and has to bring a Korban. And if it was all on one day, it wouldn't count. So, Amar Lahan, Hari Homer, Vizos Tumato Vizovo. So what about a Zav? So Zav goes by Riyot, the number of times you see the 
whatever flow that Zav has. So Zav goes by the number of experiences of that uh, emission, and that could even be on one day, three times on one day, and a Zava has to be three separate days. So the Pasuk distinguishes between them. So and what about the fact that the Pasuk says the word Vizot, Vizot as an exclusion, that is to distinguish between Zava, which goes by days, and Zav, which goes by Riyot. So why are you going to tell me that Zava gets excluded from uh, Riyot, that it has to be three days? Why not tell me that Zav is excluded from days? That is, if, that, that is to make Zav even more Machmir. So, the next, the later Pasuk says, compares them as if they're equivalent. That is, Zav and Zava, just like a woman, Zava, goes by three days in a row. And so too, if a man had three, one Re'iyah on each of three consecutive days, that would also make him a Zav. So couldn't we make the Hekesh the exact opposite way? And therefore, a woman who had three Re'iyot on the same day would also be a Zava. Hi, meet Rachmana Vizot. The word Vizot comes as an exclusion, comes as a mute. So Umar Eita Misavar Kai Biriot Mima Eit Riot Kai Biriot Mima Eit Yamim. So, meaning, in which context are you going to exclude? Are you going to base the pasuk based on Riot? So that's where you're going to exclude about Riot. And in the context where it's about Yamim, you'll equate them about Yamim. So it's basically we make the closer literary kind of hekesh in that context. Interesting to note, the Rambam uh, says very explicitly in Sefer HaMitzvot, he, he lists the korbanot for Zav and Zava as two separate mitzvot, but he lists the korban for Metzorah as one for both a male and female Metzorah. And the Rambam tells you very explicitly, he says the reason why is because Zav and Zava have very different rules, like we're seeing here. There are distinctions between them. They're not just male and female equivalent of the same halacha. They're actually two different halachot. But Metzorah, uh, the laws apply 100% equally between men and women, so therefore there's no distinction. What is, does it mean that the animal is mu'ad? That was testified against him three days. Ah, so the opinion of Rabbi Yossi is like a combination. His reisha is like Rabbi Yehuda, but the seifa is like Rabbi Meir. So and Rabbi Shimon has a different shita. Rabbi Shimon says that it goes by three times. That is like Rabbi Meir, um, but he only said that for Chazara. That's only for going back to become a Tam, but not for Muad. He has different rules for Muad and Tam. It's uh, if it was three times in the same day, it would get you back to Tam, according to Rabbi Shimon. So it's two against one about Rabbi Yehuda's shita because Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi agree has to be three different days. The halacha to Rabbi Meir betam and Rabbi Meir agree uh, is the halacha for tam. Uh, why? That if the children playing with it is t- proof enough that the animal is not going to be a uh, uh, mu'ad anymore. And that is uh, according to Rabbi Meir's shita, because Rabbi Yossi agrees with Rabbi Meir in the law of Tam. So therefore, we split the difference. We basically, we're paskining like Rabbi Yossi. That is Rabbi Yossi. Why? Because Rabbi Yossi gets Rabbi Huda 
on one shita and Rabbi Meir on the other. So it's always two against one. So Amar Le Rav, Le Rav Nachman. So Rav disagrees. The Leim Lamar Halacha Ker Rabbi Meir Bemuad Shaharib B'Shimon Modelo. So why can't you say all? But Rabbi Shimon agrees with Rabbi Meir for Muad as well. So then it's two against two. The Halacha Ker Rabbi Yehuda Betam. And maybe Halacha should be like Rabbi Yehuda Betam Shaharib B'Shimon Modelo. And Rabbi Shimon agrees the opposite direction. So what are you going to tell me? So Amar Le Ana Ker Severely, I that is Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman wants to paskin like Rabbi Yossi. Why? The Rabbi Yossi Nimoko Imo. Rabbi Yossi always has very good arguments. So Rabbi Yossi's shita is the one who's the best fleshed out or something. Presumably, the argument is the, that Rabbi Yossi, if we can, we should paskin like Rabbi Yossi. And this goes into the whole question of Kalalei Hapsak. It's interesting to note almost the opposite thing about Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir very often has uh, Chazal understand him to be so brilliant that he had incredibly complex arguments for his shitot. That is, they were very, very sophisticated and very well-argued, but they were too complicated for his colleagues to understand sometimes. He was so innovative or so creative, it made it too hard for people to agree with him because even if, even if he had a good argument, nobody else could understand it. So Rabbi Meir was almost too smart okay, for his own good. Why do you say like Rabbi Yossi? That's uh, Rabbi Nachman's point. Rabbi Nachman says, should be like Rabbi Yossi. So before you said like oh Lachas like this and that and Lachas like that you know. right because the Mishnah said it was only between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir the fact that the Brayta turns out to quote Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon on the same thing and they each have a mix and match between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Meir is is but we're really trying to ground the Psak in the Mishnah so how does Rabbi Nachman say we paskin like Rabbi Yossi that is we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda in Muad and Rabbi Meir in Tam okay. So the Ibaihu Ibailu Shiloshayamim Diktani Leyude Torah or Leyude Gavra. So I have a question. When we talk about the three days that you have to warn, that is we Paskin already like Rabbi Yehuda, so now with those three days, is that Leyude Torah to single out or to testify against the ox, Ole Gavra, or is it to uh, testify to inform the person? I don't know what you mean by that. In other words, is it so this is going to be the Nafkimina the Gemara says L'may Nafkimina what's the Nafkimina the Atu Tlata Kite Sahade Bechad Yoma that is the person is a Mu'ad okay. the person is not Mu'ad correct the animal is Mu'ad but is the process of becoming Mu'ad that people saw the ox gore and came to court and testified or is the process that the owner was informed that his animal had damaged another animal and the owner didn't do anything is it the status of the animal or is it the liability on the owner so what's the Nafkimina well, so we have we're trying okay who so we're trying to understand is that Ude Torah is that about warning the animal as if that is make sure that this animal achieves a certain status after three times it's not anything about um, about the the owner's responsibility to watch the animal or not it's just this animal did something three times so now it's mu'ad for that that means it, it has a chazaka of doing that or is it about informing the owner and each time the owner doesn't act on that information the owner becomes liable well, so it's it's really tomato, which means we did okay that. so but but this is how Tarash Bel Pet works we have to ask this question so what's the nafkamina the point is to isolate nafkamina because nafkamina is going to tell us what the question was because it seems like people had difficulty understanding the question. The question is If three groups of witnesses come against the same ox on the same day, that is what? That is, the owner will be able to say, yeah, I, I only just heard about it. I haven't had a chance to act on it yet. So because it was so soon, 
three groups, that is, the ox gored another ox three times in the same day, the owner will still be able to claim, yeah, I, I just heard about it. I haven't had a chance to do anything yet. And that's why, the, that, so that would be Li'ude Torah. That is, three times people testified about this ox, that it has a certain status, even though the owner has not yet had a chance to act on it based on information of three times information. It really it was only one time to inform him because it was so fast. Okay? So, if you say it's about Li'ude Torah, so the, the ox was testified against. So, because the owner did not get that information with enough time to act on it. So, uh, so that now is when, because he'll always be able to say that this is when you're telling, this is when the te- witnesses came. So, this is only now that I'm finding out about it. So, so, okay, my, my Tashma, what is come? Teach, that the ox cannot become a mu'ad until the witnesses come and testify, both in the presence of the owner of the ox and in court. So, very long-winded. So, it has to be, if it was only in court, but without the owner, or only with the owner, but not in court, it doesn't count to make the animal mu'ad. Okay. What if six different witnesses came in each of three different groups? That is, two people came the first group, and then two more came the second time, and two more the third time. Three different groups of witnesses. Six people total altogether. Harikan Shalush Adios, the Hin Edus Achas Lehazama. It counts as three different groups of Adim. That is, if one of them is found to be a puzzle witness, it only puzzles that group of witnesses, but the other two would still stand. But in terms of Hazama, in terms of Adim Zomimim, it counts as one big group, because to achieve the status of Mu'ad requires three acts of testimony. That is, they're trying to make this person now, Chayev in the future, to pay. Nezek Shalem rather than Chatzin Nezek so it's a monetary case of Edim Zomimim and it's Edus Achas Hazama. it counts as one group because even if one of those witnesses was disqualified by Hazama then it would break the whole status of Muad because you need all three testimonies so Nimtes Kas Rishon HaZomimim if the first Kat was found to be Edim Zomimim Harikan Shteidios it's only two two groups of witnesses so then you should say fine so then each of them can so this is now challenging what the Bryce has just said because it's a look if you have Adam's own in here so they'll say we didn't know about that we're not in collusion with them so can't we say that we should be positive if the second one is Adam's own Achas, the first group was still a good testimony Right, because they didn't know about it. The who patur, and then and then the second group should be patur because they didn't really do, achieve anything. The him patrim, and and the third group should be patur. Nim says kashlishi zomemes kulan chayavim. It must be when the third group is found to be zomemes. That is, the first two groups of witnesses had come with no legal result yet, and then the third group comes to make to make the um, to make the ox muad. And that's the point at which the Hazama took place, so that's when the case where someone would be hired to pay the Chatzinezek by the Edim Zomim, have to pay back the monetary costs that they tried to impose on someone else. Okay, wait, each of them have to pay Chatzinezek? No, it sounds, like, it sounds like here, 
So that's with the distinction. That is, the first price that sounded like it was Edus Achas the Hazama. It sounds like it counts as one big group of six witnesses for Hazama. And therefore, they would all six have to split it up evenly. But then the Gemara of Shaklavataya seems to come to the conclusion that it doesn't make sense. Because each of them can always say, if it was the first or second group of witnesses, they said, we didn't do anything. It wasn't our fault. Without us, there's no Mu'ad. And therefore, you know, we came first. So the, it's only if the third group comes, but then they're the ones who are solely responsible for creating the status of Mu'ad because there were only other two with groups of witnesses anyway. So they're solely responsible. So then the other four witnesses shouldn't have to pay. It should be only those two. You have to do to them what they tried to do. That is, to make them pay uh, the resultant Chatzinezek additional on top of Chatzinezek. That is, again, if we're thinking about Chatzinezek and Chatzinezek, right? If we say Chatzinezek Mamona, who it makes more sense because then Nezek Shalem is Mamon, Chatzinezek is Mamon, and the bump up from Chatzinezek to Nezek Shalem is just a quantitative difference. But if they would have to pay the full Nezek Shalem, that means qualitatively there's been a shift from Shor Tam to Shor Mu'ad, the difference between Chatzinezek and Nezek Shalem, that the Edom Zomim would actually have to split the Nezek Shalem, which, which doesn't seem to fit the way the Gemara is talking about it, but it's an interesting, it, it could be an Afkamina for that machokas we already had. So the Amar, the Yudei Torah, it, now this was all brought in to challenge the notion of the Yudei Torah. That is, if you wanted to say that it's all about the ox achieving a certain status and it has nothing to do with the owner having been informed and being able to act on it, so the Amar, the Yudei Torah, Shapir, it makes sense. Because why? Because the three groups of witnesses independently almost create the status of Mu'ad um, without the owner having to do anything. That is, these witnesses came to court. The owner was there, but it's not anything about the owner being informed. And if you say it's about the owner actually having been informed and having time to correct that thing, uh, and it has to be three separate days. So, Lemru Hanach Kamai. So the first group of witnesses will always be able to say, I, I, we didn't know that more people were going to come and testify about this ox. We just showed up. We saw that there was an ox and we came and testified. So we shouldn't be included in the Eden Zone. Okay. So Amaralashi, Amirta, Lishmaita, Kamei, Rav Kahana. I told this Bryce to Rav Kahana. How can you say this fits with the, the notion that it's Li'udei Torah? Maybe the last group of witnesses can come. So why, well, you're going to tell me that, that the last group of witnesses can show up and say, like, we didn't know that all these other people had come to court and testify about this ox. So, uh, we just came to tell the court about one time that the ox had gored, and we thought we were making him chayavin chasinazek, because we didn't know about any of the other... Meaning, it's not public knowledge whether this ox has, has two strikes or not. So these witnesses saw an ox gore another ox, so they said, okay, so we have to go testify about that because he's going to have to pay chasinazek. It's a short time. And then, boom, they get to court, and the court tells them, oh, by the way, now the ox is a shor mu'ad, they're going to say, we didn't even know. Meaning, even the last group of witnesses is unaware of what has gone on beforehand. And therefore, how can it be Li'ude Torah at all, uh, according to Rav Kahana? Okay. 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 Okay.
you know, kill, does the ox have to, like, you know, kill the, an animal three times? Or, you know, they get into a little fight, gores a little, like, you know, a little, like, flesh wound. It sounds like it has to be a real case where you would be high Chatinezek. Chatinezek sounds like Karen. Karen sounds like, not sure. Does Karen, if, if it injured the other ox, but it went to the vet and it's going to be okay, is that the same thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's still Nezek. You still have to pay the damage. You still have to pay the, the veterinary bill. You know, I would feel like... Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the three cases... That does that make it Mu'ad? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Right? Could it be Mu'ad for Nagicha, but not Mu'ad for Mita? Yeah. Um, I, it may come up in the Gemara somewhere else. I'm not sure. I, I, haven't, I haven't really ever learned Bava Kama so in-depth to be able to answer the question well, but it's a good question. Um, okay, so then how, what case then, according to Rav Kahana, who says even the last witnesses who show up have a defense against the claim that they they would have known that they're making him uh, Shor Mu'ad and therefore they'd be part of the Edom Zomimim so how could we have a case of all six witnesses would be Edom Zomimim it must be the Kamaraze Ramuze it must be where they were winking at each other the whole time in court that is all six witnesses are really are functioning as one group and they've rigged the setup that meaning real Edom Zomimim the problem is how do you prove that or how do you uh, come to a case where there's enough evidence to actually make them high to pay in such a case. And also, is it gores an ox? Like, let's say it must be gores an ox, and then it gores a dog, and then it gores a... Okay, that's another good question. That is, do we care about the the, the nizak, or do we care about the mazik? I, I don't have an answer for that. So, Ravashi Amar, Kishibau Ritsufim. Ravashi has a different answer. They came one right after another. Chik-chak. So, that's also an indication that these are all people coming with a conspiracy, and it's not uh, testifying about independent cases. Ravina Amar, B'makirin Balashor, V'ein Makirin Etashor. The other proof that they're Edom Zomimim is that they know the owner, but they don't actually know which ox it was. What did they do? They came and say, Yo, Pony, I saw your ox gore someone else. But if they had to go in a lineup and pick that shore out of all of his all of his different cattle, they wouldn't be able to identify which shore it was. Obviously, another proof that they're they're in a conspiracy. So how have they informed him? Because they said, "Oh, you have a goring ox in your cattle," but they didn't. They weren't able to identify which one it was. So that is, we can set this up in such a way. So so the case we're going back to the dog case now a little bit so in the case where the dog uh, sicked his friend's dog on, on someone else so so the one who incited the dog to bite is Pater Bal Kelev so what about the owner of the dog so my so are you going to tell me like what I didn't do anything I'm the owner of the dog I didn't do anything so you, could you say that you know that somebody else has been inciting your dog to attack people and a dog did bite someone so lo you shouldn't have kept him around that is you should have ensured that the dog would be under better protections so so what does it mean to become a Tom again? We saw from Rabbi Meir's position, it means that the kids can be running around making a lot of noise and the ox is not going to get stressed out and go and gore something. So, if it did gore, then this is already a sure Mu'ad and the kids were running around and that incites the animal to gore. So that means 
that Mashsek Halboshel Chaviro, that is, the kids were running around and made the ox gore, and the ox did go and gore, and it's a Shor Mu'ad, so then obviously you'd be Chayav Nezek Shalim. So here too, if you incited the dog to go and bite someone, that would also be a case of inciting. The inciter would be Chayav. So Amar Rabbi, Miktani Nagach Chayav. Did you say that, Rabbi Meir never said that if the ox goes and gores that he's Chayav. All he said is that if it didn't gore three times, then that means it goes back to being a Tam. So Dilmaha Nagach so just say, oh, maybe the possibility is different. No, if, if it goes in Gores, it just means that it's not going to become a Tom again. It's still Muad. But for that act of Goring, it's not Chayv because it was incited by someone else. In other words, you can't prove one way or the other about the dog case from the ox case. Tashma. Okay. If you incited the dog to bite or the snake to bite your Patur. So my love. So why would it think not? Patur. I might think the the inciter is patur, but the owner of the animal should be chayev. So lo, ema patur asmash them. We should say no. Maybe we can say the opposite that the owner for sure is patur, and even the inciter is patur. Amarava imtim seilomer hamash se kalbo shel chaveru bechaveru chayev. She say who who beasmo patur. If you incite the animal of someone else's animal to bite, you're chayev. But if you incited your own animal to bite. Oh no, sorry. If you incite the dog to bite you, then your the, the patur, that is the dog owner is patur because you were the one who was responsible. You caused yourself to be in a situation of danger. So my time a kol patur. If someone changed something and so someone else comes and changes something else, patur. What does that mean? That means in this case, about the dog. That is, what did you do? You started trying to incite the dog to attack, and then someone else came and did something else, then patur. That is, once you change something, the owner, the owner isn't responsible anymore because it's a different circumstance. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, there's something I'm just trying to understand. So getting back to the mod, you have to recognize which officer or not. The point is that if the witnesses only knew that it was Michael, it was one of your oxen went and gored someone. So in that situation, we're getting be more suspicious about Aiden Zomim type no, situation. No, let's say they're not. Let's say we can't prove they're Zomim. Do I have to wash my entire herd because I may have three yeah. separate oxen? That's so what, sound, that's so what it sounds like. Are able to pay full damages of a, if, each if it was one of them three was times? By a different ox, oxen? That's a good question. That, but that's what it sounds like Li Ude Gavra, right? If the owner was warned you have a dangerous situation, you have to deal with it, and it was three times, it sounds like it would apply if it was not any specific animal, then it would have to be the whole herd. That's what it sounds like. So you could do that. Could and the uh, witnesses could even come and, and, and make your whole herd of cows uh, muad if so they were I, real I, witnesses. I'm a mass, pro- you know, I, I have like, uh, I'm an ox herder, and I have 10,000 oxen. And, and you can't identify which one was the muad, you're going to have to watch them. You have to put up a fence, you have to keep them on, you know, I don't know, get out of that business. Are we saying if somebody incites an animal to attack, neither the owner or the inciter is liable? That's the second opinion in, in the way the Brites is presented here. It seems to be a bit of a uh, two different ways to read that Brites. Because the Brites says, Shisa bo atakelev, Shisa bo nachash, patur. So we said, how do you read that? Patur, is it af mashseh patur, that the insider is patur and certainly the owner? Or is it the mashseh is patur, but the owner is chayav? And that had to go partially with the question of how does a snake bite? That is, if it's really the owner's responsibility or not. Um, but it's two ways to read that bright. I don't know the way the track comes out. I didn't check. Meaning, if someone else is coming into my property to incite my animal to attack, presumably at least, 
the second opinion is how we should paskin, which sounds like it should be that I'm not responsible. Someone else came and, and riled up my animal. But the insider is patur as well, because it's not his animal. Right, so, I mean, so what's going to, then there's no law to prevent somebody to do this, right? That is what I'm saying. The, I could go around uh, and say... Uh, there's a, a separate question of whether the law can prevent it and whether I'm liable to pay full damages under what circumstances. Again, if you're trying to take my money away, you have to have a very strong claim. Whether or not what you did with us or whether or not what you did was ethical is, is, is the next step. But to be able to actually charge someone money in court and to be able to extract the damages is a bigger question. Okay. Amar, Labor of Papa Lerava... We have a, a member from Rish Lakish. There are two cows in the public thoroughfare. One was jumping around, and one was just walking nicely. And the one who was just walking. It's just like, it's not jumping around. It's just like just staying there, right? Am I wrong? jumping around. Crouching? Oh, crouching. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I got it flipped. Okay. Rivutsa. So one is sitting down and one is walking. And the walking one... Sorry, right. The one who's walking kicks the one who's sitting down. Then the cow is patur. Why? Because they're in Rishut HaRabim. It's regal. It's like you're walking through. Rishut HaRabim is totally the normal way. So Rivutsa bim But what if the sitting down one kicked the one who was walking? Oh, I have it. Why? Because it did something different. That was Kol HaMishaneh, that is Chayav. Okay? So, Amr Lei, Ana Behahi Chayuv HaMechayivena. I would have said that you're Chayav. Why? Damrin Lei, Ki Ibecha Rishuta, Sagriya Lei, Levi Utebe, Leitlach Rishuta. So, you have rights to be walking through through the street, but not to be kicking people. In other words, even the one who was walking should be should be um chayev, according to um according to who is it? Um uh Rava. Because because why? Because Rava says, fine, you want to tell me that kicking is part of the normal uh, process there, but to kick someone, we said, is a tolada of Karen. It's not a tolada of Regal. Because kicking is not the normal way that the cow is walking through the street. Mahalacha, you have the rights to be walking through the street. You don't have rights to go kick people, uh, to go kick other cows. Okay, uh, we'll see if we can get a start a little bit on the next Mishnah, uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll see how much time we have left. Okay, next Mishnah says, Shor Hamazik, Birshut Hanizak. The Shor that causes damage in the property of the Nizak, that is, in the, the shore of the Mazik, wandered into someone else's property and caused damage. So, Ketza. Nagach, Nagach, Nashach, Rabat, Ba'at, Rishud HaRabim. So, the ox gored, or, uh, what, a different kind of goring, um, or bit someone, or uh, was sat on something, or kicked something in Rishud HaRabim, Mishalem, Chatsi Nezek. Rishud HaNizak, Rabbi Tarfon, Omer Nezek, Shalem, Chachamim, Omerim, Chatsi Nezek. So in Rishud HaRabim, this is a machok that we already saw. So Rishud HaRabim, we know you pay Chatzinezek for a tam, because that's the rule. In Rishud HaNizak, what if it wandered into someone else's yard and caused damage? So then, it's going to be a machok. So Bitarfon says Nezek Shalim, because the special ptor of Chatzinezek doesn't apply anymore. The Torah only made you exempt to only pay Chatzinezek in Rishud HaRabim because there's a certain uh, notion that you have rights to be going there. If you're going to somebody else's property, Rabbi Tarfon is going to say you don't have those rights anymore. But Chachamim Omrim Chatzinezek. Chatzinezek is not some special 
uh, a logical thing. It just happens to be that's the Torah's rule. For Tom animal to cause a nezek of Karen, you pay only Chatsi nezek. So Chachamim would apply it equally in Rishut Harabim or in Rishut Haniza. Amar Lehen Rebbe Tarfon. Rebbe Tarfon has to defend himself. So Shane and Regal are patur in Rishut Harabim. Hechmira Lehen Rishut Hanizak. And nonetheless, in the private domain, you pay full nezek for Shane and Regal. Lishal nezek shalim. Makom shehechmira al hakaren b'rishus harabim. In rishus harabim, you're not patur. You have to pay nezek chati nezek. Lishalim chati nezek. Ein odin shenachmira al b'rishus hanizak. Lishalim nezek shalim. So if it's in rishus hanizak, shouldn't we also be more machmir and make you pay nezek shalim? So amru lo dayo levominadin lihokanidon. No, you have to apply the rules. Appropriately, ma b'rishis harabi mechatzi nezek after b'rishis anizek chatzi nezek. No, Karen Tam pays chatzi nezek. That's the rule for chachamim. And therefore, don't try to bring me kalvachomers or bitarfon. It's just the way the rules work. Karen Tam pays chatzi nezek. So amar lehem afani lo edon Karen me Karen. I'm not trying to compare Karen to Karen. And yeah, don Karen me regel. I'm trying to compare Karen to regel. In what sense? Uma b'makom shekel. No, because regel, you're patur in shusar rabim and you pay nezek shalim in rishut hanizak. Karen Tam, you pay chatzi nezek in rishusar rabim, and according to chachamim, you should pay. Chatzinezek also in Rishud Anizak. So it's less Chamor than Regel in Rishud Anizak, and it's more Chamor than Regel in Rishud Harabim, according to. No, the government would just still say that. Meaning there's. The okay, <laughs> right, that's fine. That they have a machoga. Yeah. Right, so Rabbi Tarfan says, Ani Adon Karen Regel. I'm comparing Karen Tam to Regel with the Kavachomer. Ma b'makom shehekel alashin bel haregel b'rishud Harabim hechmir b'karen makom shehechmir alashin bel haregel b'rishud Anizak. Ain't a din shenachmir b'karen. So shouldn't we be more machmir with Karen in Rishud Anizak? That is, the animal wandered into somebody else. Property and gored something or sat on something, so obviously it should be you should pay Nezek Shalim according to Rabbi Tarfon. Okay, why? Okay, so Amrulo, Dialovamina, Dinli Yokani, Don't Mabrishis Haram, Chatsi Nezek, Stop trying to bring me Kavachomers, Rabbi Tarfon. You're just going to have to be the way it is. You pay only Chatsi Nezek. Um, so I guess we should pick up here because the Gemara is a bit of a long sigil going in. Uh, just one other point, which is interesting to flip back. If you look on Kafdal and Amudalis, there's a short toso there, Eli Ude Gavra. Uh, so Tosos there makes the point uh, that it seems like the discussion we're having is about um, the Hatra. That is, what happened? You got warned three times, and then you become high of the fourth time. So why? Because you didn't... Um, like the, how do you count the times that you're chayev? Is it three times that you didn't act on having been warned? Three strikes in a row. Is, but w- when do you count the strikes from? No, Is it meaning? Tosa says, "Ili ude gabra lo shihe muad laavor behatraot." Why? Because the fourth one is also just a violation of the third warning. Because what happens? That is, you got, you, you had a Nagicha, right? Uh, the markers don't even work. Okay. Um, you had a Nagicha, and then you had a Hatra. Then you had a Nagicha, and you had a Hatra, and then you had a Nagicha, and you had a Hatra. So you were warned three times. So what happens? The fourth time you have a Goring, right? That means you've violated the warning three times. And that's what makes you Chayev. So maybe you only become Chayev on the fifth time, because this one is already just really your third one. This first time just created the warning that will make you Chayev later. So this Tosos says, don't think that. Because it's not about Hatra. It's not about warning. It's actually about the act of goring. The Hatra is if, or, or the, whoop. Is, is not warning like you have with normal crimes or other kinds of situations. It's really just 
creating a status based on the times that it gored. So the Mu'ad status is not about having violated the warning, but it's about the status. And that goes back to that Machloket about um, whether it is the Ude Gavra or the Ude Torah. That is, this fits much better, the, the way Tosus explains the Suya fits much better with the Ude Torah. That is, it's a status that the ox has acquired. It's not about whether or not the person has uh, violated their liability, their responsibility or not to be, um, be informed about what this animal is capable of. Interestingly enough, Another Tosus, Tosus in Baba Basra, contradicts exactly this and says exactly the conclusion that this Tosus rejects, that is, you really only become Chayav on the fifth time, because the fourth time is still part of the first cluster, because really is about violating that Hatra'a, that warning. Uh, so it's just an interesting point, uh, that the two different approaches in Tosfot about how to understand that notion. Um, okay, great.